Welcome to another episode of the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I am the host, Scott Needham. I am an Amazon seller, software developer. I love talking Amazon and I have often brought in experts, but today it's just me. So I have some ideas. I've been thinking about this episode for a few weeks, maybe even months. Um, So, I mean, this is actually an idea that coronavirus really brought to me or at least changed our perspective on this. So I wanted to focus on, you know, as you're thinking about products that you to sell on Amazon, if you're in private label or, uh, you know, you're just understanding um, what could make your business uh, more valuable is this idea surrounding intellectual property. It's not like a shocker to hear that intellectual property um, offers your uh, your business makes your business more valuable. So I just wanted to jog your mind, and I can, I'll tell you what I have done, and we are doing. Even tell you some products that we are launching, um, because it's just a an opportunity that we see, and we are going uh, to. Uh, throw a different angle at it. So when you're, say you're looking at a subcategory or whatever, and you, you, you're trying to figure out what you can add to it, oftentimes it could just be your ideas. So say you are already in um, the cooking space. An easy thing you can add to uh, the value of your products to the customer is recipes. I've I've heard this uh, a few times where uh, you you know you're selling a, a kitchen product and so you're like well here's the common uses for it and here's some examples and uh, if that that's not the only thing but like let's think about um, you know say you have a, a, a children's book or maybe you're even the stuffed animal game I actually have for a while now have thought of like. I would totally invest if someone like showed me like a stuffed animal plus a book and they went hand in hand and I, I felt like it was attractive. I would, I would invest, you know, five, $10,000 right now into that product, launch it on Amazon and uh, see where it goes from there. I, I think um, that the, the combination of something physical and a, uh, you know, like, like a book, something uh, that uh, brings it to life is, is a unique option. So um, when I think of intellectual property, there, there could be many, many things. Uh, so there's design patents. I know a seller who uh, put together a sporting equipment product and one specific feature you know, was his design. He put it together and he he thought it was useful. Turns out people started copying him. There were other sellers and he eventually got the patent. It took him maybe six months to to get this. But once he got the patent, he was able to take down other sellers. Uh, Sorry, other, other ASINs that were like exactly copying his product. Uh, what he added to it. And so that's kind of, it's, uh, if you think about 
you know, the, the idea of patents, that is kind of the idea that the person who creates something of value that other people really want can, can benefit from that. Um, those people ended up uh, licensing him for his design. And that has uh, obviously benefited him. And uh, there's, so there's design patents, there's utility patents. Utility patents, those are ones that I, I have heard. I mean, I don't have any utility patents. They're, they're, they're obviously harder to get. That's where you are in essentially inventing a new process or a, a, a new use out of, uh, out of nothing. I know that most people don't usually do that. And I've got you know props to anyone that's, that really uh, thinks outside the box and creates that. But I do know that uh, everyone has a sense of design and, and, and like any image, any, uh, you know, artistry, like, like that is like a design. Uh, actually, let me, let me split before I, if I go further, a design pattern probably would be a design on a product, you know, it could be like a physical design, you know, uh, this sporting equipment example, like, uh, something that uh, augments the product and in a you know creates a different aesthetic to it, different look, and then there are like you designs where say like a T-shirt, you know you you just put together an illustration that and you throw it on a shirt. So um, those types of designs are usually considered copyright, and I did some more research. Um, one thing I did not know until I started uh, researching this is that copyright um, is, let's see, let me just read this because I'll, I'll confuse it, but like, so copyright protection automatically attaches to an original work of authorship from the moment of creation and fixation. What's really cool is that it, the moment you create something and design something, it's copyrighted. If you if you throw it on a T-shirt, you know you create a children's book. Like those images are copyright, and no action is needed to secure that. But if you are going to, if someone does copy you, and you're going to do, you know, some uh, either like a lawsuit or like an infringement, um, and file that, you do need to register and get that copyright. And that's that's actually quite easy to do. Plenty of uh, websites will love to take your 50 bucks and help you do that. Um, it, it, it'll be worth it, but I really like the idea of, you know, we are launching some of our own products, but to always attach and add some intellectual property that makes it defendable because this will uh, be able to, we'll be able to remove, you know, uh, counterfeit or, you know, inauthentic products much easier when we could point out, you know, what they do or don't have. So let me go back into coronavirus. And one of the first things, one of the biggest things that we did to like really react is, is see where the market was going, trying to figure out how long quarantine is going to be lasting. It's clear that there's going to be a degree of quarantine for uh, another month. This I'm recording this in the middle of May, May 15th. And I'd say by the end of June, you know, there still is going to be degrees of quarantine and it, it very well can come back. And, but these aren't, we've made, um, so what one product that we started focusing on was puzzles. 
I, I may have mentioned that already in the podcast, and it's not a huge secret. There's been some New York Times articles about how puzzles have done really, really well because um, what's really done well is like time-intensive activities, especially you know things that people could do by themselves or with a very small group. And so like party games probably don't do nearly as well as games of like not, that are good for two, three, or four people. And puzzles have, you know, just like skyrocketed in demand. Like who saw it coming the way that it is? I, it actually reminded me of the early days of FBA. The early days of FBA, no one was in stock. <laughs> and the products you put in, like they would just sell at the price that you set. And there wasn't a lot of competition. I wish that those days were still around, but, you know, word has got out about how great the FBA program is. And, um, but puzzles have been in that space for the last uh, two months. If you were there, you've been selling quite well. Um, and it's, it's, it's been very interesting. And one thing we learned about the puzzle segment is it's, it's on Amazon, it's underserved. Uh, there's many uh, segments, subcategories that are underserved. We just thought it was one by itself. And so we came together with a strategy of how we are going to be launching puzzles. We've already been in, in communication with the uh, manufacturers and got some samples coming out. And, uh, you know, this is going to be higher margin product for us because if you are doing the sourcing, ultimately you get to have a higher margin. Normally we operate about a 20% margin. Uh, this year we've been averaging closer to 25%. So not a huge gain, but also, I mean, it is a pretty darn big gain. A gain that, uh, as some of you know so much, that, that got us suspended. I personally don't think 25% gross margin is like that crazy and considered price gouging, but there, there's, a, there's a conversation around certain products. Um, either way, I, uh, you know, I think we could get this segment to be doing about 2 million in uh, run rate by the end of next year if we serve this segment in the, in the way that we envision. And, and what's great about a decent margin, I'm, I'm telling you things that you probably should already know, is that it, it opens new marketing opportunities. Um, I'm quoting someone else in saying that whoever um, can spend the most money in marketing will win. So if you have a higher gross margin, you're able to uh, spend more in marketing your product than anyone else. And so that uh, we think will give us an, an edge here. And what's great about puzzles is uh, these images on them are you know going to be very unique no one else is going to be using them and uh, like with us having this brand registered they can't use them um, we will have some tools if someone tries to come in and and sell alongside us we'll use some of the brand registry options whether that's uh, the transparency program or project zero um, we will uh, go in and so those are the things that I've worked on, things that have jogged my mind and, you know, things that I want to invest in is essentially intellectual property. Um, another area that you could consider, it may seem like very easy, but 
um, I've seen some products do extremely well, you know, approaching, you know, a million dollars on their own on just a few product pages. And it's not rocket science, but um, we all know that like, you know, there's certain intellectual property holders out there that have tremendous value. Think of like Star Wars, Harry Potter, Disney, uh, these things that have turned into billion dollar industries on their own. And that there is a lot of value adjacent to them. Specifically, um, like, you know, if you were to take uh, Harry Potter and there's a lot of things around Harry Potter that are either trademarked or copyright. You can't like use his name. You can't, um, you know, take his picture and just like, you know, you couldn't take like the poster from a movie and sell it. But what you can do is create references to this, you know, to Harry Potter, like an inside joke and or a design related to that. And honestly, if I was to buy a T-shirt, I don't like to buy things that are like on the nose, you know, where it's like, hey, I like Harry Potter, so I'm going to wear a Harry Potter, you know, a huge face of Harry Potter on my shirt. No, I like an inside joke where like people that are in the know I can like see it, you know, a head nod and that's great. That those I think there is infinite amount of creativity in this space where um you can and I I I'd honestly think like you could scale this too. Not every option is going to work, but there's there's a lot lower risk in, you know, whether it's whether it's t-shirts or like any sort of uh product in which you can throw an idea on, you know, it's a mug, a calendar, um, or any of those other things. So those are, you know, those are things that I'm excited about, you know, taking an idea like that and scaling it. You don't know, you know, which inside joke will, uh, you know, be the one that, that people like, uh, but, you know, there's a never-ending supply of new TV shows that people love and, um, and where there's, like, references that only people that know it will really know it. And you can create some a lot of ideas at not a huge amount of capital and risk. And the ones that do well, you know, you, you see it. And then, then you start to invest more in the market. And you're like, hey, this is, like, this is a market fit. People just like this. And... So those are my ideas and like what I'm spending time and in investing in and I'm trying to really scale around this because, uh, you know, some of these things you don't know um, how big of a hit it's going to be. Like we're going to be launching, you know, hundreds of puzzles and I know a few of them are going to be duds, but like there's going to be, I'm expecting, you know, five of them to just hit it where like we have, we have good marketing and we have good images and they're going to organically um, push themselves there. I've got I've got plenty of marketing ideas around it. You know, you could put a lot of effort, but that that's that's all I wanted to leave you guys with because these types of things, you know, it makes your business a little bit more defendable. And th- what that means is like it's valuable as you sell it. You're like, hey, this is intellectual property. People can't just copy this image. I've got unique position. I've got this image and, you know, I can sell it or I can like pass this on and and it just carries itself.
So that's what I've got for you today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I am really have been enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, if you have any subjects that you want to cover, uh, send me an email, scottneedham at buyboxer.com. My goal is to help you guys to be you know, smarter, more intelligent sellers. I, th- some of these ideas are, are not, you know, the, the, uh, my first podcast, I said the ABCs of selling on Amazon, but that like once you're in the game and you're like, okay, now what? I want to cover those subjects. So if you've got anything that you feel like is like, you know, on an unexplored area, uh, Scott Needham at buyboxer.com. Follow me at Smartest Seller on Instagram or connect with me on LinkedIn, whatever. There's uh, a lot of ways to get a hold of me and give me sweet, great compliments or criticize me, which both have happened. Okay. All right. That's it. Bye. One, two, three. This episode has been produced by LaunchPod Media.